don't save those special sneakers or that special bag for that special moment. Like every moment alive is a special moment. And like, you should just go after it. Like who cares? Like chase it. Welcome everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey everyone, before we get started, I have some really exciting news for you. Our famous Fast Foundations Mastermind for all entry-level and early-stage entrepreneurs is now open for enrollment once again. Now, I can promise you that this is hands down the best early stages and entry-level mastermind that is out there, I promise, and for about half the price of everyone else's. But I don't want you to take my word for it. Listen to some of these past members' experiences. My name is Jessica Heady Gandolfi. Fast Foundations gave me the tools, the clarity, and the confidence I needed to take my business to the next level, doubling my income in the first two weeks back in practice. Hi, my name is Monica Linda, and Fast Foundations not only changed my mindset, my bank account, but also it was a game changer in the people that I connected with. But the power, the true power was in all of the relationships built and the collective knowledge of the other mastermind participants. That ROI will last a lifetime and it's priceless. Listen, all those breakthroughs you just heard are just the tip of the iceberg. We have so many more of them. And if you make less than $499,000 a year as an entrepreneur, I want you to lock arms with us and we want to help your business explode over the next five and a half months. So here's what you do. Rush over to fastfoundations.com. Literally right now, go to fastfoundations.com because seats are really limited and they're going really quickly. And this thing kicks off the very first week of March. So if you want to be in this room with us working on your business and hearing all the secrets that we've used to make our brands explode, drop what you're doing and go over to fastfoundations.com and claim your spot right away. We can't wait to work with you. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another incredible episode of For the Love of Money. I cannot wait for you to listen to today's show because it's a real special one to me. I am sitting down with one of my dear friends, one of my brothers, Christopher King, or at Mr. King, as he's known so well on Instagram. Now, here's what makes this special. You probably know uh, Chris is the founder of several companies, but most recently and most notably, he's the designer and the creator behind 333, the ultra-luxury brand of bags and accessories uh, that Lori and I have in, invested in as well. And this is a favor to me. This is the one and only, the first podcast that Chris has ever done in his history. He has never sat down and done a podcast before. So I'm really honored that I get to tell his story and share his story with all of you for the first time. Now, if you don't know who Chris is, he, he really is a celebrity in the luxury world. It's not just all the A-listers carrying his bags. He truly is a celebrity curator himself in the luxury world. One of the most connected men I've ever met. He's got a deep, deep passion for bringing true luxury back and really a passion for building a one-of-a-kind business. 
like I've never seen before, like someone I've never met before. Now, of course, on Instagram, you see the private jets and you know all the celebrities and, and the lavish lifestyle. But what you don't know is that Chris was raised by a single parent. Growing up with several family members, sisters, cousins, all living under one roof at grandma's house, barely making it. And so this is really a story that proves that no matter where you start, you can accomplish anything you want in life. And it doesn't matter where you start, it matters where you end. This is really a story that will help demonstrate to all of you that no matter where you feel like you're at right now, no matter what odds are stacked against you, your destiny is still very much in your control. So we're going to explore that story. We're going to explore that journey and how it's made him so successful today. And get this, stick around to the end because we actually surprised each other, totally unplanned. I thought I was going to surprise him and do a little giveaway. It kind of hit me halfway through the show. And he takes a left turn and decides to create a giveaway worth thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars that not one of you, but three of you are going to win. Yeah, I'm not kidding. So at the end, stick all the way through this thing, find out how to win because three of you are going to win an epic prize that we decided to give away uh, during this show. So get ready, listen up, prepare to be inspired because here we go. Christopher King, my brother. How you doing? What's up, buddy? It's good to see you, man. You too, brother. Thanks for doing this. I mean, it's been long overdue. I think we need to really frame how significant how significant this is. You have never done a freaking podcast interview for anybody ever before, have you? Never. I, I, I mean, I'm honored. Why well, me? Why'd you choose me? Because we talked about this, like it was our, one of our first meetings. I remember that, like the peninsula. I was like 30 minutes late. You remember that? Yeah, I totally remember. It was a get to know each other meeting. Like, yeah. And, um, you know, I'm a man of my word. I said, if I was ever going to do a podcast, I would do yours first. I love it. Well, I appreciate it, man. Here we are. Yeah. All right, let's rock. So listen, um, I always kick my shows off with a little bit of rapid fire. It's a fun way for people to get to know you. And if something really good comes up during it, you know, we'll circle back around. We, we won't skip over it. You sure. ready to roll? Ready. All right. Real easy. Where'd you grow up? Uh, Connecticut. All right. And where do you live now? Uh, Beverly Hills. Favorite quote? Uh, Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Dang, that's so true. What's one of your superpowers? I mean, I don't think I have a superpower, but if uh, (laughs) faith is probably one. Perseverance. That's good. What's one of your favorite books? That's a good one. You know, there's so many. I think probably we connected on a book. I think it was... uh, uh, what was that one? How to think uh, or uh, the, uh, the mindset of... Oh, Secrets of a Millionaire Secrets Mind. Secrets of a Millionaire Isn't Mindset. Funny? We, yeah. we both read yeah. that book kind of during our come up. Oh, you know, it's funny. I read it and I, re- I was in Puerto Rico. It was like my first vacation ever, like ever, like to a, a like destination like that. And I remember reading the book and loving it so much and not being able to put it down that I read it a second time on the vacation. Oh my gosh. And literally changed my life. That was Lori and I. We read it aloud in bed to each other and it changed everything from that moment on for us. I got to read it again. I want to read it again. You know what you do? You find a girl and you read it in bed with her. That's what really (laughs) locks it in. Well, well, you know, (laughs) that's a long journey. (laughs) A couple more of these. Um, What is one of your all-time favorite accomplishments so far? Being a father. Oh, I love that. And you got two such awesome boys. Yeah. People need to know that. You're, you're a tremendous father. I appreciate that. A really good father. The kids love you. 
What is one thing that you're challenged by right now? Patience. Mm. Yeah, I've, I've seen you lose your patience before. Yeah. <laughs> Not in a bad way. No, no, no. no. <laughs> what is something generous you've done recently? Um, I mean, I think I do a lot of generous things on a daily basis, but if I had to be specific was... Um, handing a gentleman on the side of the street a $100 bill looked like he really needed it. Mm, I love that. And last but not least, what are you grateful for today? Being alive. You know, grateful for our relationship, friendships uh, that I have in my life. Grateful for my relationship with my mother. Yeah. And being, you know, being a dad, man. I think it's like, it's funny. I was talking with somebody this morning over coffee, just like how much I love being a dad, even though there's times where there's, you know, it can be stressful trying to manage things as a single father, but like, I love being a dad, man. It's really cool. That's awesome. Actually, that's a really good spot for us to kind of go deeper right now. Relationships are really important to you. I mean, you, you treat people like a brother, right? And, and if somebody crosses you in a relationship or if somebody does wrong, like you're done, like there's no point in sticking in that relationship. Why do you think relationships are something that you honor and treat with so much respect? You know, I think, you know, I remember what it was like to want someone to look out for me, or I remember what it was like wanting someone to do something for you. And I think, you know, for me, looking back at my life, I think some of the biggest disappointments in my life were expectations in other people. Mm -hmm. So I remember someone saying, they'll do something for me, or they'll show up for me, and then they wouldn't, and it would kind of crush me especially growing up as a young boy. So I kind of always just tried to make it a conscious effort to follow through with what you say you're going to do. I mean, you've seen that numerous times with different friends where I've driven, you know, an hour to go see Mm -hmm. somebody because I said I would. And I think that that to me is just really, really important trying trying to always be a man of your word and and do what you say you're going to do. Do you think that's one of the reasons you've been so successful um, in your life is because you treat relationships in a way, I mean, what I'm really trying to describe here is you treat, if, if everyone treats them like an A, you treat them like an A++. Is that part oh, I of- I appreciate it. What, mm-hmm. makes, what makes you say that? Like, I guess, you know, preference on why you would say that. And then maybe I can try to dive deeper on that. Like, Here's a really good example. You gave it. You're not afraid to jump in the car and despite the value of your time and go do something for a friend, go do something for a brother right. that has nothing to do with fitting into your day or giving you return on any kind of investment or anything. You're just there to help anyone out at any given time. Uh, you and I have had a friend that went right. through a really tough time before and we yeah. cleared our schedules and right. and you canceled very important things just to be there and have dinner and, and spend the evening with that, that friend, night. right? You invite people into your world that you don't have to invite in and you connect them to really influential A-listers and celebrities and powerful business people because you you care about lifting the people around you up. You go out of your way for everyone. At least that's my perspective and, and the other people mm-hmm. that run in our circle. Yeah. So has that been one of the keys to your success? I think so. I think that, um, you know, growing up, other people that were successful in life, you know, there were always key kind of, you know, things that I would pick up that they would say. And I remember one of them was just to always take care of the people around you and always to um, remind people how important they are and show up for people. Because I think that the, the biggest misconception that people have is that you get there on your own. You know, there isn't a soul walking this earth that's got there on, on their own. And, um, I just, again, I think it's just from past experiences of being let down, you know, to never wanting to let people down, I guess. 
we'll talk about some of those experiences growing up. But first, I want to start with where you are right now today. Because when people follow you on Instagram, when you know it's funny, I first discovered you long before we were friends. I told you a story, and I'm not going to tell it on a podcast. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, no, no, no. I discovered you on a Delta flight watching yeah. TV, and there's a documentary on you, right? Yeah. Like that's how I first discovered you. Right. So you live this life now where it's this opulent world full of luxury. And when I say luxury, I mean the best of the best of things. It's full of private jets and um, you know, literally royalty for connections and um just it's like something out of a movie. And not only do you live in this world, you represent this world with the brand that you've created, with the products that you created that we'll talk about in a little while. But my question to you is this why is the best of the best so important to you, do you think? You know, it's a question that gets asked a lot that I really don't ever think I answer it correctly because there's depending on what it is, it's it's always kind of a leans towards a different answer. But I think I've always been infatuated with the process. And I think for me, learning about luxuries and when you know, when we use that kind of loosely term luxury today is I think much different and used definitely much different than than it was 10 years ago. But um you know, let's use the example of manufacturing a luxury car. You know, the detail that goes into it, the hand craftsmanship, the, the, even the people that are creating those vehicles, there's just a different level of passion and, and time and energy in that process to me that I've always just kind of been infatuated with. Even at a young age, it was, you know, my mother would describe me wanting to take something apart and make it better. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, a lot of things in the luxury space are the time and attention and the craftsmanship to make something. You look at like uh, Baccarat, you know, I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of Baccarat and the ability for them to make the red crystal. You know, it's mm-hmm. a special process that that they have to go. It takes a special craftsman or woman to make, you know, that red crystal. And, and I think it's just something that I appreciate. I think it's um, the people that are making those products are really passionate and it requires a level of excellence to do that. And I mm-hmm. think that's what I appreciate, the excellence and the ability to make that. So it's not about being seen on the private jet. It's not about being seen on the yacht. It's, it's about the craftsmanship that is almost like, like a challenge to achieve. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like, you know, even, um, you know, it's the intricate detail that goes into something. I think for me, I've always been, you know, and, and my kind of, you know, I think it's even a tagline on, on, on social media of like self-made excellence. Like yeah. I love, you know, back in the day, you were famous as a result of being excellent, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's changed a little bit now. But to me, when you're excellent at something, especially your craft, that resulted in a luxury product. You know, you look at even look back at Louis Vuitton and the trunks that they made were made with such intricate detail out of, of, out of creating excellence that it became what it became, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, even for me, when I started buying stuff like the Louis Vuitton, it wasn't so much about, look at the Louis Vuitton that I have. I was just really infatuated with how it was made mm-hmm. and how long it took to make it. And, you know, the way it smelled when you opened it because you mm-hmm. knew it was high quality suede or, you know, Alcantara, whatever it was in, in the product that I had at the time. Okay. That kind of brings up my next point. And you said it earlier, you said luxury today is different than it was 10 years ago. And then you mentioned that fame thing. Hey, fame back then is different than it is today. You have taught me um, to recognize 
the lack of craftsmanship in in luxury brands today that I wouldn't have noticed otherwise. But you've got this insane attention to detail, right? So talk to me what you think the state of luxury is today and what's good, what's bad, what needs to change. Yeah, I mean, I think luxury that, you know, people can say luxury is kind of lost its luster, right? I think that circles around a lot. And I think, you know, to me, and again, this isn't to be disrespectful, but I, I just, you know, luxury is not something that is a hefty price tag and we say it's luxury or, you know, it isn't really truly a rare limited piece. You know, I think that we kind of have got a little lost in the generation that we're living in now where, you know, just because you put an $800 price tag on something and call it luxury that it is. And I think that's a big misconception. Mm -hmm. You know, luxury to me is something that takes time to make, Mm -hmm. that takes time to source materials, whatever they are. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you go back to the old cliche saying, right, takes, and I don't know, I don't have a computer in front of me, but like, you know, 60 minutes to make a Toyota, 60 days to make a Rolls Royce or whatever it is, right? And I think that to me is true with all products, you know, whether it's sneakers or a bag, you know, example, the backpack behind you, my product, you know, that's not made in days. Like, you know, it's a process. It's a process to make those things. I think that's what luxury stands for me. It's the process, you know, even when making bespoke suits and you have to wait for that handmade garment to come in weeks, you know, eight, nine weeks sometimes to get that. That to me is, I think, what luxury has been, should always be, and should continue to be going into the future. Uh, at least that's what I'd like to try to keep intact. Name a brand that's still doing it right that inspires you. You know, I think there's a lot of different brands that do it to a certain extent. I think that. I'm trying to do a really good job at that. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. trying to really kind of bring that aspect back where. Um, and that's what I hear you say a lot. Like I'm bringing it back as if, as if it's kind of lost in this world a little bit. Well, I don't, you know, don't look at, I mean, you know, there's, there's huge conglomerate brands that are still very luxury and do incredible jobs. I just think that um, we're in a world where we have, we are so we are so much uh, we're information rich, yeah. And so we live in a world where now you can find and search and Google and and discover products and materials and where things come from. And I think that a lot of times we're buying into a brand that might not necessarily be putting their best foot forward in the materials mm-hmm. and the product and the process. And I think that's just always been important to me. Yeah. And I think that's why I wanted to create the brand and why. Um, it's just always been something really important to me. I, I can't explain where it comes from. It's just something that has always resonated with me. You know, you were gracious enough to invite me in and to allow me in as an investor in your brand, 333. Yeah. And I think the most fun piece of it for me has been watching the behind the scenes of every intric- intricate detail, every obsession that you have yeah. over things that I wouldn't even notice. Right, like we'll get a prototype back, and you'll say, "Look at this! Look, this is wrong. That's wrong. This is wrong." And it's stuff I would never notice. Where did your obsession, and I would even use the word rare talent for detail, come from? That that, that nanometer perfection. Yeah, it, it's borderline crazy in a good well, first, way. First, first off, you know, I mean, thank you for believing in me to be a part of the brand. You know, I think every investor that we have, you know, it's just incredible to to have such, uh, you know an incredible team of investors who believe and, and, and want to see this, this move forward. So I'm super grateful and thankful for that, you know, but I think, um, 
you know, it's funny. I remember a moment in, in the process of building um, the brand where it was kind of like an aha moment where I always had this crazy obsession to detail where mm-hmm. I almost thought it was like a curse. Mm-hmm. You know, I would notice everything out of place, every little detail. It was just something that I just couldn't get out of my head. It wasn't like an OCD neat cleanliness, although I'm neat and clean, but it's, it was just something like leaving and remembering how many blue knobs are on that mix board, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and saying, oh, one of those in the row was, it was, was crooked or it's a discolor blue, maybe the sun, you know, it's just this crazy obsession. We don't need to dive into that. But, I can get you literally into. tell me what yeah. I wore, good or bad, right. from like months ago. It's crazy. <laughs> right, right, right. Don't wear those sneakers again, yeah. right? I'm kidding. But I think it's, you know, in, in building the business, what I realized, which I think was a very emotional moment for me, was that that wasn't really, in fact, a curse. It was a gift. Mm-hmm. And that gift and that ability to, you know, I remember, I won't say brand names, but I was walking with a, with a, uh, a very uh, high profile CEO of a brand through their store mm-hmm. and they were showing me a new product. And I'm not even really caught up in the like what it is. I'm I'm looking at it and I'm playing with it. And I'm like, why would you do this? This is gonna this is gonna create a crack in the leather if you're do- oh look, here's a crack. And him being like, oh, get this off the floor. And you know, it's just this, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know where it comes from. Obviously, it comes from God and 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 I'm grateful for it because it's allowed me to be in a place to create and be creative and use that insane attention to detail. So I want to take us back a little bit because here we are talking about the the success story, this lavish life that you live right now. But growing up, you were raised the complete opposite of a lavish lifestyle compared to what you have today. Tell us about your upbringing. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call it lavish, but you know, I'm blessed at times. But I think... Um, you know, I grew up, um, was raised by a single mom, you know, short story. My dad kind of left when I was 11. There were times trying to reconnect over the years, didn't really work out too well. And it was me and, um, you know, my mother, my sister. And I remember when that kind of went down, there was a point where we kind of all lived in my grandmother's house. Wow. You know, it was like, I don't even remember, six or seven, when, yeah, like six or seven of us. Wow. So it's. Your mom, your sister, and you moving in with grandma. Yeah, grandma, and then my and then my cousins lived there as well. Wow. And, you know, yeah, it was a big family. It was my grandma, grandpa, uh, my cousins. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of us. There was a lot of us. Did shiny things or luxurious things catch your eye back then? No, I mean I didn't even see a Gucci store, or a Louis Vuitton, forever. And you know, it's, um, you know. I don't know. My mother and I talk about this sometimes, like where it came from. You know, I just was always kind of looking at magazines and maybe dreaming like most kids do, where they were putting, you know, the, the Ferraris and the, and the Lamborghinis on their, you know, those posters on their mm-hmm. wall. And now I would have one of those, but I also loved like, ooh, look at this man in a business suit carrying a briefcase yeah. with manicured nails. I'm like, that's nice. I want that. At you what know? age? At what age? I mean, I don't, you know, I don't even remember, but this is going way back, you know. But that's crazy because most kids don't notice that or think of that stuff. I had the white Lamborghini Countach yeah, and the red I Ferrari Dusterosa, right? Too, Probably yeah. the same posters because yeah. you and I are about the same yeah, age. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I certainly didn't notice things like manicured nails or great briefcases. So that's, yeah. that is like an internal gift that you were given at an early age. Yeah, I guess so. You know, looking back, I think we kind of, you know, certain people tease me about that. Like, 
you know, it's kind of maybe just always been inside of me. I mean, I think everyone's gift. Like I think right now I am living my, my gift and my passion yeah. without a doubt. I mean, I've never been more happy in my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to look back and be like, oh, I think that was kind of always in you. And, you know, you kind of had to discover the gift inside of you. What do you think uh, from the terms of a superpower or a, a positive trait? What do you think was gifted to you by the type of, type of upbringing you had? You know, you said your father left. You're living with like a hundred people at grandma's house. <laughs> what kind of gift did that give you that you carried into today? You know, I, um, you know, it's a great question, Chris. I think by not having um, those luxuries or by not having um, the ability to do things at a young age made me appreciate things a little bit differently. You know, I always had to really work hard. It's funny. I was, I was on the phone, my mother today, you know, we were chatting, you know, obviously um, we try to catch up at least a couple of times a week and um, you know, just kind of revisiting, you know, life and where we are and what's going on. And I think it's just, um, you know, I've always had to work really, really hard and I had to work really hard because I sometimes didn't always make the best decisions in life, you know, and, you know, it's, it's, you know, I didn't graduate high school. I left high school at 10th grade and, you know, and so for me, I've had to work really hard. So I think I appreciate those things because Mm -hmm. I worked really hard for them. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Think think about what you just said. You left high school at 10th grade. Yeah. No college. No, no, I don't even senior yeah. year. No, anything. No, no. Yeah. To think of where you came today is is remarkable. Where did you learn business? Where did you learn how to come up? I mean, that's just this, you know the old school of hard knocks, right? You learn yeah. by mistakes and failures, and you know countless mistakes. I mean, when people you know reference all these cliche sayings, you know, Jordan missed twenty six thousand shots yeah. to make. You know, it's so true. It's really true. I think. Um, you know, I would encourage people to learn more, you know, so they don't have to make those same mistakes, but I wouldn't change anything. I mean, I love, I love everything that I've gone through in my life. It's made me who I am. I think, you know, people can even look back and I think a lot of people have issues with maybe a father or mother not being around. And like, I have just embraced and I, you know, I fought it obviously for a long time in life, but I really truly embrace it. And I love it. It's, it's, I am the man that I am today. I'm the father to those two boys that I am today. I'm going to be the father to hopefully more children one day. And, you know, and I'll be, um, you know, I've become such a better man from all of those things. So I enjoy them. And, and there's something about me that I always enjoyed the process. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny, I, I, you know, my conversation with my mother today, we were talking about that, how um, she would say that I always enjoyed the process the most out of everything. You know, it's like if we're, if we're playing football, right? I enjoy the plays to get to the touchdown. Yeah, the touchdown's cool. Yeah, yeah it's great. But like, I'm, I have more energy and more passion for the process down the field. And I think you see that with businesses that I've built, things that I've done. It's just, it's, I guess how I'm built. You know? The fun is in the creation. For sure. Oh man, yeah. I mean, I love being creative. Yeah. I love being creative. I can see that about you. Yeah. What was one of your first big wins? What was one of your first big success stories as you started your come up? Oh, I mean, we want to go back, back. Yeah, like, name a few if you want, man, because you got mean, a, you got a cool decorated history. Yeah, I mean, look at I think you know one of them was like I was talking about. We were talking about this earlier, uh-huh. right? It's like being a club promoter, whatever you wanted to call. And what it age was that? Then, what know, age I was don't that? No, 
18, 19. Okay. I don't even remember. Is that the first hustle? Back. I have to go back. Well, yeah, one of the first, All you right. know? And I remember like just doing like event after event, like nobody showing up, like embarrassingly, like it's probably the most embarrassing. I think, and that's the thing too, I encourage people, like get embarrassed. Yeah. Like the times that I was embarrassed or laughed at, man, it makes, that makes your character. Like people quit. They'll 100%. put together one event, people don't show up and yeah. they say, oh, man, see, I'm not I, made for this. I was passing out flyers to my- They think this doesn't happen to people like you, by the way. I mean, well, it does, yeah. you know, but I mean, it's funny. I remember, you know, I have a, I, I'm close to a lot of kids that I grew up with. And um, and one of the guys would say, man, I remember you out there passing them damn flyers out with a hoodie on, with the flu, with a, I, you know, day quill shoved in between my my hoodie, mm-hmm. you know, sick as a dog in the rain, passing out flyers. And, it, and I think the big come up was one day when that club was packed mm-hmm. and it was a big money day. And it was like, oh, man, like, Kind of taught you marketing, didn't it? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I learned a lot of the marketing, you know, it's that hustler that, you know, go out and make it happen. You know, it's not given to you. You got to, you got to make it happen. So, so club promoting did not make you rich, but it was the come no, up. What was, was one, one of the, the first big wins? Um, I think another big win for me that I remember was when I moved to Atlanta to get into real estate and, um, I remember I got this house and 40, 47, I think it was 47, 48 days later, I sold the house and made like 65 grand. I think it was. Must have felt like a ton of money back oh, then. Oh, of course. And it was like, I mean, I was like 20, what, four maybe? Wow. I'm thinking about it. And, and this was, is not an age joke, but this is a long time ago. So 65 yeah, grand. Hey, is, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I'm older than you. So I mean, yeah. I can say that. Um, 65 grand was a ton of money yeah, for a 20 year old. Yeah on top of being when it, yeah. when it was. But you know what I did was really smart then is I dumped it all, reinvested it back into more properties. Yeah. You know, I didn't go blow it and spend it. This is really smart. You I know, hope people are listening to this. I haven't always done that. Yeah. I'll be very, you know, let's yeah. be real. Let's keep it real. Yeah. Right. But um, yeah, that was a really, that was a really big pivoting point in my life. That was cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. What, uh, do you remember your first, big splurge, your first luxury item that you actually bought, that you actually got for yourself? Oh, I mean... There had to be this moment, right? Like where Christopher R. King, that people know today, there had to be that first item that you were like, finally. Um, oh God, I don't even know where, where it would be. I mean, it's kind of always been little... Um, maybe a watch, maybe. Well, I think, you know, I think the first, like the first luxury thing for me that was really cool, because again, I'm, I told you I'm into the process was uh, my first custom bespoke suit I ever bought, yeah. you know, which is obviously, I mean, back then I'm a young kid and it was like, you know, you'd spend two, I don't know what it was, two, $3,000 on a suit was like yeah. crazy. Yeah. You know, that's wild. It's yeah. a lot of money for a suit now, yeah. especially back then for a kid. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Talk to me about your persistence. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit here. You've had a lot of wins. You've had some dips. You've had some challenges. Yet you always seem to come out on top. Persistence, from my opinion, is is a total superpower of yours. Uh, your ability to keep reinventing yourself to stay ahead of the game so other people don't catch up is also a superpower of yours. Why do you think you have so much more persistence than anybody else? You know, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that, you know, throughout my life, I remember there was a gentleman who would say, you know, 
persistence and perseverance should be like your middle name, mm-hmm. you know? And it's this inner, I don't, even Rob, you know, Rob would say things about like, you're the ultimate do or die. Like it's, I, I don't know where it comes from. I just know that, um, you know, Will Smith once said, um, I don't know if it was an interview or, or where he was, where he said, like, if we were on a race on a treadmill, like I would die. Like you would not beat me. Oh, yeah. I remember I saw you that know? video. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's just kind of been my attitude in life too. Like, you know, I don't care how many times I get kicked in the face or kicked in the teeth or, you know, beaten down. Like I'm going to get back up again. I mean, I think, you know, the, the, the author who wrote um, The Alchemist, right? Uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head here. Uh, said like fall down seven times, get up eight. You know, I think that people don't realize, you know, and I've been through some, I've been through some, through some storms is that it, the storm always goes away. Like it always gets better. You know, I mean, you can think about breaking a bone and like the excruciating pain you're in, like it eventually heals, it eventually gets better. And I think that's life. And I think by continuing to be persistent, you know, and I think persistence is definitely greatly linked to someone's faith. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing. I mean, I'm walking around with a mustard seed, or, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, a, and a necklace that it's the, it's the faith to see the unseen mm-hmm. and have the ability to know it's going to get better, even when you're in the midst of a shit storm. Wow. You know, and I think for me, I could be in the shit storm, yeah. boat ready to flip over. Three people are overboard. Now I'm the guy that's like, it's going to be all right. We're yeah. going to figure it out. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't know. I guess um, I wouldn't consider it a superpower, but uh, but it's um, it's something that is probably one of my strongest traits. I just had a realization in the beginning when we were doing rapid fire. I said, what's one of your superpowers? You said faith. Mm. And then you said persistence. And I had said, hey, persistence is one of your superpowers. Like it was a question that I knew I was going to ask you, right? Right. I just had the realization though that you said your persistence really just comes from your faith. So the faith would be the superpower. That would be the unwavering thing. Why is faith so important to you? I think faith is what's gotten me through my life. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's, you know, faith to me is the, ability to see something that you can't see Mm -hmm. and to know it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the ability to believe it. I think, you know, I can remember at a young age, you know, I think a lot of people have done this. You've probably done it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of people who are successful in life have like written the check to yourself, right? And stuck it in your wallet and you look at it. And I think, you know, there's, there's, um, there's a quote that I love, and I don't know if I'm going to say it exactly right because I'm going off memory, but it's like, watch your thoughts for your thoughts become words. Watch your words because your words become actions. Watch your actions because they become your habits. Yep. Watch your habits because they become your destiny. Yep. And I think the, the faith part for me is the ability to, you know, look and have a vision to look at where you're going and no matter the stumbling blocks or the hurdles or the disappointments, knowing that like, I'm still going to get there and the faith to know that we're going to make it okay. And the faith to know like, it's going to be all right. And, and I think that it's, um, it's probably one of my greatest gifts, to be honest with you, that's gotten me through some of the most difficult times in my life. Yeah. So cool. I love that. I watch you demonstrate on a regular basis, <laughs> by the way. So it's really cool. All right. Switch gears again. We're business partners in this luxury line yeah. of accessories called 333. Yeah. yeah. And as a matter of fact, as we speak, you're transitioning into a, a larger global brand yeah. called Christopher King, yeah. right? This all-inclusive luxury brand. Right. So what's been the 
coolest part about building this business and what has been one of the most challenging parts about building this business? Let's talk about the challenging part first. You know, I think we, I shared earlier, I think you asked me in the beginning, like what, what were, what's my weakness or doubt, you know, and it's like being impatient. I think, you know, appreciating the slow process of luxury, but then being the antsy kid that's like, no, 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 we need to make this faster. We need this faster. So I think for me, it's, you know, my downfall has been the patience in building this. It's, this is, this is probably out of all the businesses I've ever had, this has taken the longest. Mm -hmm. Uh, This has not been an easy road. I think a lot of people think that, you know, I just signed up for this incredible opportunity you know, and it's just been smooth sailing. You yeah. know, it's been a dogfight. Yeah. You know, and it's um, it's been, but it's also been one of the, the best things I've ever done in my life. And one of the things I've uh, you've taught me, by the way, with me being involved and watching you, is to be absolutely relentless and unapologetic about getting your way and what you want. Uh, I've seen you do it when product comes over and there's a tiny little tweak or a corner or a something off. And you go back and you make them redo it and you, you go back and uh, you show them how to redo it. I fly there and make them redo you, you know, it. <laughs> yeah. Going back isn't like going to your side of town. It's yeah. going back to Italy. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And you go there and you show up in person and you say, listen, this is wrong. Here's how you do it. Do it again. That's an impressive trait, uh, skill set to have. And I think it takes something like that to build a business like this. Well, I just feel like, again, with the luxury conversation, it's like if you're you know, purchasing this backpack from me and there's a teeny little stitch off that bothers me. That's not, that's not, that's not perfect. That's not right. And I think that, you know, I'm not a guy that's endlessly chasing, you know, perfection, but I think that yes, you are. I'm a little bit probably <laughs> yes, <yeah>. you are. <laughs> a little bit. Right. As they say uh, in Italy, uh, sprezzatura, right. It's the, it's the perfectness of imperfect, something like that. But I, I, um, I, I just, you know, no matter what I've done in my life, I just take really big pride in what I do. And if I'm making a product that people are going to carry, that people are going to spend money on, you know, I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize is I, not because of quantities or minimum SKUs, mm-hmm. you know, I spend more money than probably most other luxury brands on my product because I value the material. I value the process. And I think those are things important to me because as a luxury consumer at one point in my life, those were things that I was searching for that I wanted, you know? So yeah. I don't know. What does it mean to you when you see Justin Bieber wearing your backpack? <laughs> what does it mean to you when you see Beyonce uh, carrying your clutch? What does it mean to you when you see these, these A-listers that can have anything in the world and they're out carrying your stuff? I mean, first and, and you know, foremost, I, I you know, I got to thank my team. You know, I've got an incredible team, you know, and, and guys like Ugo who are on the team and, and, you know, whether it's the stylist or, you know, their public relation teams and, or, or the celebrities themselves and business partners, you know, it's obviously a team effort. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's first and foremost, but um, I Believe it or not, I, I think there's a part of me that's like, obviously, hey, that's amazing. And, and I'm grateful for that. And that's cool. But, you know, someone asked me about that when, when, when the Beyonce picture mm-hmm. was up on our site. And 
you know, she's obviously a huge celebrity and I respect her and her, uh, her artistry and, and what she's done and created and, and how empowering she is to so many millions of, hundreds of millions of people around the world. But I'll never forget when I was opening up those boxes and I was pulling these bags out for the first time to see these ostrich bags. And, and one of them was the orange ostrich clutch. And my son, Zachary, picks it up and he's like smiling ear to ear. I have a picture of it. I'll show it to you while, while I'm telling the story. And he's there looking and says, daddy, daddy, take my picture, take my picture. Because he's seen other people take pictures of it. And here he is holding oh my God, the bag. So and cool. I remember just being like, that is like, there's no one else. He was so proud take of you. Away from any other person who would ever carry it. But like, yeah. that was the moment, like an emotion that I'll never probably get again of like this little man that I created and that I love more than anything in this world was so proud as daddy made this bag. It's just like that to me moved me more than anybody else. And that's not saying that I'm not grateful or that it's not amazing when these celebrities are carrying the products. Believe me, it's, it's, I'm extremely grateful and it's, it's, it's humbling and, and you have to have a lot of humility, I think for that. But you know, that moment specifically with, with Zach, Wanting that picture just to me will always be the moment that I think can never be topped. I've seen them be really proud of you before too. They'll they'll run and grab one of the coins or they'll grab a bag or something. They'll yeah, bring yeah. it out and show me when I'm at the house, you know. And they're just so proud oh, of so what you funny. created. It's really you cool, know, Zach. I think we were at Spago's having dinner, and he's he's just going off sometimes. And I'll film him on Instagram, and he's like, um, "My you know my daddy makes these shiny bags." And he's yeah. just kind of going in the moment, but he's like you know, oh, one more thing, one more thing. And he makes me turn the camera back on, you know, because he's, you know, getting a kick out of understanding how this social media works. And he's like, and I get the bags for free because you're my dad. Oh my you know, God, it's, so just, cute. it's just hilarious, you know. Let me ask you a question about your boys real quick. This will feel like a weird left turn, but your boys are growing up in a world where they go to Spago for dinner on a regular basis and Wolfgang Puck comes out to say hi, right? Like that's not a normal upbringing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, how do you want your boys to view success and to view money when they are adults? It's a great question. You know, for me, I try to balance. I try to balance going to Spago mm-hmm. because I think I value my children knowing table manners and how to sit at a table and put on a jacket and be a gentleman. You know, I believe the art of the gentleman is dying. Yeah. The art of the lady is dying. Your kids dress better than I do, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But, <laughs> and it's, um, it's the, I love that aspect for them to learn that stuff, right? Maybe that I didn't learn growing up from, from, you know, figures in my life. But I also will take them out to like the horse farm and they got to like, or shovel horse shit and, yeah. and clean the hoofs and, you know, feed the horses and, and brush them and, or, you know, taking them to certain moments and places. So it's, it's definitely hard to juggle that and to uh, not spoil your children who you love more than anything in this world. But I think for me, it's really important that they understand that they need to understand hard work and respect and honor and integrity and learn that they have to work hard, you know, no matter how successful daddy is, you know, you still need to work. You still need to pave and build your way and, you know, understand the the differences between, you know, hard work and discipline. And, you know, it's something that I'm still learning. They're obviously younger, than, yeah. you know, going to be seven and nine. It's a delicate balance though. We're growing up in a privileged world. It's, For sure. It's, and I ask a lot of guests this question because all my guests are successful, right? 
how do you raise your kids in such a privileged world to make sure they have the grit that you had growing up? And it sounds like you're manufacturing that by bringing them out and having them do. Yeah, the and I don't make it easy farm. on them. I mean, I'm you know I I'm, I can be a tough love on them, and, yeah. and you know, and it's like you know because I don't I I realize now, and I think people don't realize that goes back into that whole faith and persistence that in the midst of the storm, you're being conditioned, Mm -hmm. you know, because there's another tough storm coming up down the road. And that conditioning part is really important. I think when I look back at my childhood and upbringing, those storms and those setbacks and the hardships are what conditioned me to be who I am today. And so I don't want to, you know, set up all the padding in the room for them not to hurt themselves, right. to know what it feels like to hurt and to have pain. You know, they have to kind of go through that. And I think that's definitely something as a parent that's tough, you know, to know what it's like. Like, yeah. hey, you know, if you're not careful swinging from that swing and you break your arm, how painful that was, you're going to be a little more aware and careful. And I think you have to unfortunately go through those difficult times. It's, it's, it's really impressive. As you know, you know, Lori and I are going to have kids in the next year or two. And Which I can't wait. Watching you raise those boys and get to know them. Um, and especially as a single parent, there's a lot of single parents that that listen to the show. Mm. Um, it's really inspiring to watch you do it all. It's not an excuse for you to not go out and build a billion dollar business. It's kind of the reason for you to. For sure. And I think, you know, by saying that for, if that is some of your audience, like, man, can we just like single mom, single dads, like I was raised by a single mom, like yeah. that's, like hats off. I think if someone said to me, what is one of the most toughest jobs in the world? I think it's just being a single parent, you know? And I think unfortunately there's probably a lot more single moms than there are fathers, but it's, um, it's definitely, it's definitely a, a difficult, very difficult thing to juggle all of that, trying to raise children and have a career and have a social life. It's, it's a juggle, you know? But you, I mean, it's also amazing. Do you know what I thought you were about to say? <laughs> you started with, listen, if, if that's who's listening, single moms, I thought you were going to say <laughs> DM me or hit me up. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, if they want to, you know. So you're in a big transition right now. Yeah. Um, transitioning to Christopher King, the all-inclusive brand. And we're talking like, you've already done collaborations with designing Aston Martins. Yeah. Um, with yacht companies, with I think some condos out there, if I remember correctly, like really cool things. Right. Talk to me about the long-term vision of this new luxury brand, Christopher King. I mean, I think, you know, when, um, you know, Rob and I always had a vision for the bigger picture. We always kind of knew it was like, you know, Ralph, Ralph Lauren, Mm -hmm. you know, it was always the namesake legacy brand. And I think, um, seeing the momentum and the excitement. And I think, you know, bouncing around from like, you know, chasing opportunities or money or, you know, real estate's hot right now. Let me get into this, you know, and then going into, you know, becoming the brand and walking away from all the other businesses that I had to creating 333, realizing like, man, this is like an unbelievable amount of passion and energy and excitement and creation. And I just like jump out of bed every day that, it's and 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 the momentum that we've had it's like now it's time to make this a legacy brand and you know having children and, and where i'm going and what i want to build it's really you know it was it was uh, always really the plan and and now seems to be the perfect timing for that and we're excited you know we we are um we are in the process of uh 
putting a flagship store in, mm-hmm. in Beverly Hills, which is kind of cool. And we were joking downstairs. Well, I wasn't joking. I'm going to hang out there 24 hours. It's going to be like the old mob movies where we just sit in back and we, yeah. we make spaghetti and we yeah. talk. And it's it's going to be so much fun. But I think, um, you know, it's, um, it's exciting. And it's the ability for, you know, I mean, Rob would always describe like, you know, you love to just create. That's who you are. You love creating and building and, 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 and building these, these things. And so it's exciting, man, like, you know, to, to be able to dive into, you know, jewelry and fragrance and, you know, other things that I'm not going to jump into right now, but uh, it's exciting. It's, it's, um, it's literally, you know, dreams come true. You are operating in your passion. Um, And you and I have had this conversation before. Talk to me about the difference between doing things for money and actually operating within your passion. The reason I'm asking you this is a lot of people listening, if they're honest with themselves, mm. they're doing what they're doing right now because they think they can make a million bucks or they think that it's uh, a trendy payday right now or it's the path of least resistance to a payday. Right. Talk to me about the difference between doing something for money and actually operating in your passion. Well, I mean, I think probably a lot of people don't know their passion yet or their gift to operate from that. So I've I've been guilty of making that mistake. I'm sure you did as yeah, well, absolutely. you know, working at the bank and, yep. or the mortgage Totally company. just for the money. You know, and so I think that, you know, when you find that being smart enough to go after that, but, you know, before, you know, before chasing the money really never got to the money. It was chasing good business that led to, yeah. to opportunities. You know, I think you got to kind of, you know, not all money is good money. And, um, you know, I just, I think I've just been blessed to, to find my passion, find my gift, find what's worked where, you know, you are excited every day and you're good at what you do. You know, I think, you know, I, you know, I say all the time, like nobody can beat you being you, you know, and like when you're really good at something, nobody can beat you at that. I mean, you Mm -hmm. look at, you know, a Jordan, a Kobe Bryant, uh, LeBron James, you know, when they're them in their element, like they can't, they're unstoppable. And I think everyone has that inside of them and they just need to tap into it or find it. And for me, I, I, I believe that I found that and it's exciting and it's contagious and, uh, you know, yeah. That's awesome. Um, I want to bring up something. We'll take a little departure here. Uh-oh. You are the most connected human being I've ever met in my oh, life. No. So like when I go to New York, <laughs> you call the Bakra Hotel and I get a special rate in their biggest suite. When, I'm trying to think of other example, when I want to get into a restaurant that is impossible to get into, yeah. you call and now I've got carte blanche to show up whenever I want to these restaurants. <laughs> you and I have long talked about like if only other people could tap into that type of connection, that type yeah. of, of privilege, so to speak. And you start kicking around the idea and you decided you'd create the King's Circle. Yeah. What is the King's Circle? Because it's been very cryptic, by the way. People have seen like the symbol out there. Yeah. And seen I mean, even the symbols, the coins kind of, you know, and, people don't even, you know, you got to dive into the, yeah. you know, so what the hell is it? details of that. I mean, look, I think to, to answer the first question about, um, you know, the, how do you get those relationships? How I've gotten those relationships. You know, I told a story the other day, I was having uh, dinner the good friend of mine, Lorenzo, who's, you know, a brother of mine from mm-hmm. Italy as, as a famous restaurant out there, Pier Luigi's in, in Roma. And I remember, you know, I, I, I use that example of, he's met a lot of people with money, 
You know, and I think we have this misconception, especially in this younger generation, that like if I got the money and who cares how I dress and I'm in sweatpants and I'm driving a Lamborghini and like I got money, like I'm in, I'm cool, I'm successful. And it's like, that has nothing to do with it in the real world. Yeah. And and God forbid the internet or Facebook or Instagram mm-hmm. or people, things change because it always happens. Look at history. Yeah. Like, what are you doing with your life? What's going to happen to all the fake millionaires? Right. Are there? And so I think that, you know, for me, the ability to connect with people on a deeper level and build long lasting relationships like Lorenzo, as an example, was because when it was time to connect and time to have a conversation because I'm at the restaurant, I had knowledge of whether it's wine or, or Italy or where we are or a painting or a watch or, you know, horology or gastronomy or something along those lines that led to a deeper conversation of value that built a bond and a relationship that created an experience. And I think when you, when you look at King Circle, it was, you know, everybody has these amazing masterminds, mm-hmm. yourself being one of them, right? Who do these incredible things for people at plateaus in their business mm-hmm. or people that want to scale businesses or don't have. So to me, it's like your mastermind or other gentlemen that we know, it's like this crash college course you can do and yeah. and small introverts and help scale your business and you're spending way less money than you would ever go mm-hmm. into college, right? Well, I think there were so many of those out there and if I was going to do something along those lines to help and, and to educate, I wanted to do what I thought was valuable to me, which is kind of, you know, we're in a world of, when I grew up, it was experience rich, information poor. Now we're information rich, experience poor. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to bring back these experiences and the experiences that create lifelong bonds at the same token of teaching the things that were important to me, you know, sitting across the table from, you know, uh, a huge deal in another country and you're having to have a conversation that's deeper than cash, cash flow, you know, algorithm yeah. and, and, you know, ads. It's, it's a deeper conversation about paintings, about life, about culture, about, you know, things that are, that are, that I learned because I had a desire to want to learn that resulted in part of my success. Yeah. You know, so when I'm connecting with somebody who I'm doing business with, I can have a really intelligent conversation about caviar, mm-hmm. wine, Bordeaux, Burgundy, paintings, art, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, that's to me what I felt was missing and what I wanted to create in this very clandestine group of members. You've taken a, a Wisconsin boy with a little bit of extra money and actually educated me on where to spend this money. I'm not kidding. Like my love of wine now, my ability to pick out great wines. I love my favorite thing is texting them to you. Like, hey, look, you'd be proud <laughs> hey. of your boy. Um, or you shout me out on IG like, what yeah, was it? Like King Approved? I think yeah, so. King Approved. Uh, like, I love that. Um, just love t- that. little other things in life. It's been uh, an education for me so that when I go to connect with other people at high levels, I don't look like a buffoon. I actually can be one of the more interesting people in the room, one of the more educated people in the room when it comes to these experiences. Well, I don't think it's a buffoon. I think that, you know, look, I, I didn't know about wine. Yeah. You know, you, you know, I, I didn't grow into a wealthy family. You know, I had grew in the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the ability to sit back and learn things that you normally wouldn't learn. You know, when I was, you know, having success and chasing business, I didn't have to take the time to go on a wine educational tour, yeah. right? And learn about that. I didn't have to, you know, I think that goes back to why, I, why I'm passionate about everything that I do is that if I'm going to get involved in wine, I want to know everything. If 
I'm going to get involved in art. I want to know everything. And so I think that, you know, which kind of goes back into this kind of, you know, my, you know, the art of the gentleman and the art of the lady and like, you know, chivalry and, and, and just manners and all of those things that I feel like are disappearing. It's, it's important to educate yourself in those areas. You know, I look back, um, you know, leaving high school early and I don't ever go back and want to change anything, but it's like, you know, I wish I took more languages. I wish I learned more languages. I, you know, the things that would be so valuable now that that didn't mean anything to me growing up. And so I think for me, it's carving out those experiences that teach those things so that you can learn about wine or learn about something that's greater than, you know, the existing things in your business. I think Are you important. allowed to share a King's Circle experience coming up or is it like top secret? I mean, look, I think, you know, for me, it's about selecting a, a really, uh, a group of, of men and women who really, really, truly want to, uh, you know, create life long mm-hmm. experiences. They want to really build real relationships with people who also build real businesses. You know, I think there's, you know, the, go to Chris Harder and Lori's, you know, mastermind and, and learn these great things of scaling your business and learning, you know, advertising and Facebook and marketing. And like, those are great. I mean, I need those things. Right. And then there's also like, and then take the other chunk of your life and, or, you know, other, uh, you know, investment opportunity that you want to do, whatever you want to call it. And, and devote it towards experiences. That doesn't have to be necessarily with me, but like get out there and see life. I think if, you know, I was asked a long time ago, if I could change one thing in my life, what would it have been? It would have been traveling at a younger age mm-hmm. and seeing the world more. And I think that allows you to, to gain more knowledge and education and culture and experiences that allow you to have a more in-depth conversation when you're presented an opportunity with somebody to do business with or to start a relationship with or a friendship. I mean, you know, that's where probably all of my international relationships started from was a common shared interest or a conversation about something that led to a deeper dive in the relationship than yeah. just the surface level. It's uh, when you said it's a select few, you're not kidding. I've literally suggested friends like, Hey, can this person <laughs> you know, enroll in Kings? You're like, Nope, you can't. So I mean, you really are cultivating a very special group of people. How can they apply? How can they be considered? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, kingcircle.com, you know, and, and, or reach out to me on DM, you know, on Instagram. And, um, you know, it's who's it for? Like, how would they qualify themselves as even maybe they should reach out? You know, look at you're, you're successful in life, you're successful yeah. in business, like you're, you're successful in business and you really want to, you know, gain the knowledge and experiences that are going to, that are going to broaden your, your, education in the finer things in life that I think are valuable. You know, you know, I have my son who can swirl wine better than most adults, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's from watching dad and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, we'll go to Spago's or at the house, we have these little, you know, grape juice to, you know, they want to drink wine with dad. Obviously they can't drink wine, they're underage, but you know, and they'll swirl the glass better than like most adults. And it's from the experience of seeing dad do it so much that it became second nature to them. And so it's for people who really want to experience things that I feel have, have been a key attribute to my success. Yeah. So that cool. makes sense. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Kingcircle.com if you want to <laughs> apply. Um, it's just one demonstration of, of your generosity that I get to see on a regular basis that you don't really show on Instagram, that you don't really talk about. I mean, one of the most extreme acts of generosity I've ever experienced is, you know, I was 
shopping for an Aston Martin and on a Sunday, you make a phone call and the vice president of Aston Martin emails me like, hey, you know, we got you. Like, yeah. it's crazy the different types of generosity that you well, display. Well, I mean, that wasn't the best generosity example. No, no, yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's just a cool one for me personally, <laughs> right? So my question to you is this. Tell me about a couple of acts of generosity that you've done that have really meant something to you. Like what mm-hmm. some of the ways you pay it forward. Well, you know, I don't, it's something I don't really ever talk about. You know, I think we, we, were, we were sharing a little bit about that earlier. You know, I don't, I don't believe in like, oh, look at me feeding the homeless. Here's a video on my Instagram story to show that. Like, I just never, that's just not cool to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, 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 I'm not knocking anybody, but that's just not me, you know? Mm-hmm. And so no matter what I'm doing in life, I just don't feel I need to validate my self-worth or my self-feelings by broadcasting what I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know? So that's kind of first and foremost. Cause I, you know, sometimes it's like something's happening with fires or something's going on. It's like, people are so quick to, you know, it's like nobody really knows what they're doing. And I, mm-hmm. I just, something that for me, I've just never really vocalized on, yeah. but you know, um, you know, it's always a little, you know, it depends what it is, whether it's, you know, a, a donation to a charity or giving back to a charity or doing a function. I remember, I, you know, I did a function in the past for a charity and raised, you know, almost six figures for them and, and you know, on, on a quickly uh, put together event to... Was that the painting? Yeah, that was one yeah. of them, yeah. You know, or it's, or, it's, or it's like, you know, I was driving the other day with Ugo in the car. We were coming somewhere and there was this guy that was, you know, obviously homeless and down and out. And I usually don't like to give money. And it just was, I was in the spirit and felt it and, you know, rolled down the window and gave the guy a hundred bucks, you know, or being in New York this past trip and, you know, somebody being hungry and, you know, saying, look, I'm, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, to give you money, but I'll feed you. Are you hungry? Mm-hmm. Get whatever you want. And, you know, them ordering five, six things from the menu. And then while they're waiting for the food, you know, you know, getting a bunch of money on a Starbucks card so they can get food in the future. I mean, you know, I think it's important to always do things and, and, and give back and, those that are fortunate enough to be able to help people for sure. But it's just something I never really broadcast, you know? Yeah. But I get to see you do it on a regular basis. And uh, <laughs> you know, something I wanted to prompt you to share. This show's entire ethos is when good people make good money, they can do great things. And, and I get to see you do that on a regular basis. And you just don't tend to share it. You came to me was it last week, two weeks ago. Remember you called me as walking in my mastermind and you were so excited. You said, Dude, this guy with this horse farm that helps rehabilitate, is it veterans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's making ends meet, but it's not thriving. We got to do something for him. Let's put together a gala. Let's put together an event. Like your heart is always doing those types of things. And I know you don't like showing them, but I feel like they have to be shown once in a while so that you can be the example for other people who get where, you're, where you are to remind them that it's not just all luxury goods. It's also contributing towards society. You know, I think, you know, you learn something new every day and I think you're right. I mean, I would normally not do this podcast. I was on, you know, Dan's panel talking the other day that I normally wouldn't do. And I think, um, you know, you're right. I think I should maybe get involved with more of that stuff and showing that, you know, to, um, it's the same reason why I decided to finally come on the podcast, you know, or like, you know, most people don't realize I've written a book and it's Mm -hmm. been sitting there for years, you know, because, you know, it's, you know, internally, I think we all battle, like I'm coming on the podcast for what? Like, I'm not here to self-promote mm-hmm. or talk about myself. And, um, 
you know, and what you don't realize, I think, is by sharing a story and being open and vulnerable, you're helping other people. And I think, you know, that's the reason what ultimately was like, all right, let's do this, you know, and I think what opened up to to other podcasts that I'm getting ready to go on and just sharing the story, because I think ultimately at the end of the day, you know, it's about being able to inspire or help somebody or be able to push somebody forward. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that I think have, you know, I think as Americans, especially, you know, in, in falling kind of, um, you know, whether it's after the big crash in, in 2008, where there's just a lot of people that couldn't pick themselves back up or they're looking for that motivation or that help that we can get from anywhere. I mean, I get motivation, you know, it's like, you know, my buddy, Jesse Itzler, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, watching this, you know, this guy running calendar club, whatever it's he's nuts. doing. You know, it's I know. Like, but it's almost like, to me, I'll wake up in the morning. I usually, you know, I pray. I have a moment of silence kind of with myself in the day. And then I'll have coffee in bed. I've been doing that lately where I have coffee in bed and read emails and kind of messages and get back to people in Italy, especially in bed. And then I'll kind of go and like, all right, what's going on social media? Because mm-hmm. that's like the new news outlet, yeah. right? It's not social media anymore. It's media. Yeah. And it's like, boom, I'll come across the Jesse story, like running, you know, because he's in the East Coast, running, you know, 13th mile for today. And you're like, if I don't get my ass up and get to the gym, like, so I think we find those, we find those inspirational things uh, and little nuggets throughout conversation. So, you know, that's why I think it's, it's, you're right. It's doing more of that, I think is important. All right. So speaking of generosity, I literally just got this idea right now. You have no idea I'm going to do it. So I'm going to give you a choice. Okay. Now let me, let me frame this thing. Yeah. I'm going to give you a choice of one of two things that we're going to give away to those who are listening, who share this podcast episode Uh-oh. and tag you at Mr. King yeah. and tag me yeah. at Chris W. Harder yeah. with what they learned or what their favorite part was. Okay? okay. So here's the two prizes you get to choose between. Okay. And I'll flip the bill. Okay? <laughs> here's why. You're generous enough with your time. You're generous enough to gift me with the first podcast in the history of you ever speaking about yourself. So here's what you can choose. We either give away a 333 bag Uh-oh. that I'll pay for and we'll give away to one lucky winner that shares the podcast. Now they have to understand these bags are a few thousand dollars and up, yeah, right? Yeah. So this is a big ass price. Right. So we'll give away a 333 bag to someone who shares this and tags you and tags me with their favorite takeaway. Okay. Or we'll fly them out and take them out to dinner to have dinner with you and me Somewhere in Beverly Hills, whether it's Spago or Wally's or something like I that. I love that. I think we should so, do both of those. No, come on. Both? <laughs> both? All right, I'll so put the bill with you. I think we should right, do so both. We'll, so we got two prizes, you're saying. <laughs> I think that person should fly out and get the bag. And I, I got to be honest. I didn't expect you to, oh, should we make it one prize where they come fly out and get the bag? Or I mean, you know, three prizes? is my lucky number. It should be three people. Go three people. Come on, bro. Come on, man. All right. We'll gift three people. Okay. This is not the left turn I expected out of this. This is not the left turn I expected out of this. Okay. Let's clarify. To win, all you have to do is share this episode, tag at Mr. King on Instagram, tag myself, Chris W. Harder on Instagram with your favorite takeaway. The three prizes are... So we're awarding three, three people now? I think it should be three people come out. They can have an experience with us and one person gets a bag. I don't know. Let's I do see. this. One winner gets a bag. So if it's a woman, she gets a woman's bag. If it's a male, he gets a male's okay. backpack Okay, okay. or a briefcase. Okay. Um, and then two people, we will fly out for the dinner. We'll pick the date. It has to work for them. If it doesn't, we're not going to go moving dates all around. Can I pick the wine? 
Can you what? Can I pick the wine? You can pick the wine. <laughs> so three prizes total. One person's okay. getting a bag sent to them. Love it. Two people are going to be chosen okay. to fly out on our dime okay. and have dinner with us in Beverly Hills. I love it. I can't believe this I took that it. random ass left it. turn. <laughs> well, I guess generosity is what we're talking about. We got to do three. Three is my lucky number. All right, man. All right. So I love that. All right. Like, so I really want to clarify. If you're listening okay. right now, <laughs> He's like, oh, share this, this episode on Instagram <laughs> with your favorite takeaway. Tag at Mr. King. Tag at Chris W. Harder. That's me. And we're picking one winner to get a bag. And we're picking two winners that we're going to fly out on our dime to have dinner with us somewhere in Beverly Hills. That's I wild. That. I love that. All right, man. So uh, where can people find you? I guess I already gave away your Instagram handle at Mr. King. Where else should they find you? Yeah. Um, coming to a retail store in Beverly Hills. Yeah, that's going to be real soon. Yeah. Uh, they can find the brand at cccxxxiii.com. Yes, yeah, Ro- Roman numerals, yeah. Yep. And uh, they can um, also follow it on Instagram. Yeah. I love it. All right, last question for you. Give me a reason why people should be unapologetic about their pursuit of success? That's a great question. Um, Whether you fail or you succeed, people are going to laugh and judge you. Whether you do what you want to do or do what someone else wants you to do, you're going to be judged. You're going to be criticized. I think that you just need to, um, you know, I think for me, when you said that, what first came to my mind was a lot of people ask me, does money motivate me? And I said, it's not the money that motivates me. It's the, I don't ever want money to make a decision for me. Yeah. You know, like, oh my God, I miss my mom. I want to fly out to see her. Oh, I can't afford to go. Or I want to take my mom to dinner, but I can't afford it, you know? Yeah. So I think that, you, you know, we have this one incredible life to live. And, you know, whether you do or you don't, there's, there's just as many, you know, uh, judgments as there's going to be just as many praises mm-hmm. and sometimes, you know, more than the other that you just got to go for it and that you just have to really live your life and really authentically be you. And I think that's something that I like to practice is just authentically being me. And like, I do what I like, what I love. I really don't care what other people think. And I don't mean that in a cocky or disrespectful way, but like no one's living my life. No one puts my children to bed every night. Nobody is with my kids. Nobody is, has my mother. Nobody, you know, are, and, and so it's like, you got to just really live your life. And I think that it's important to be able in this world to have the success and the means, whatever that means to you, to provide for your families, to be able to, you know, give back. Mm-hmm. And that, um, you know, I don't know who needs to hear this, but like, you know, get off that couch, chase yeah. that dream because, you know, you could wake up tomorrow and be 55 years old or, you know, we've been... Um, unfortunate over the past several years to lose incredible celebrities mm-hmm. and, and amazing human beings, you know, that life is not promised tomorrow. And I yeah. think, you know, that's a big thing for me of like, you know, don't save those special sneakers or that special bag for that special moment. Like every moment alive is a special moment. And like, yeah. you should just go after it. Like who cares? Like it. chase it. I love it. Live it. I love it. You definitely demonstrate that, man. Thank you so uh, much for Forgiven me the first podcast oh, that man. you've been on. I'm a man of my word. Better than that. Thank you for our friendship. I love that we're business partners. I love that we're, we're going to conquer the world of luxury. I, I just love everything that uh, you've invited me into in this world. And, and the fact that you came on to share that with all the listeners mm. also means the world to me. Oh, same here, brother. I mean, I'm appreciative of you more than you can ever imagine. And 
You have uh, been a, a, a bundle of energy and inspiring to me just to see you and Lori and, and how much you guys give back and are involved with the people that you guys are mentoring. And, you know, so the honor is truly mine. Love it. Appreciate you, buddy. My brother. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.